Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Middle call! Hey, be, hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome. Hey, we're in a middle call. I'm Guy. That's John. It's good to have Hola. you. If, Game you're wa- if you're watching on the tube, subscribe to the channel. Hit that like button. If you're listening to the podcast, great to have you there as well. Check out the YouTube. If you're watching the YouTube, podcast is down in the description below. If you are new, welcome. Welcome to you as well. Thanks. Thanks for being here. How was Adam Sandler the other night? Uh, very good. Although, I, enjoyable. A lot of his music. Rob Schneider can sing. Like, sing, sing, sing. Schneider sang a Elvis song. Like, Did legitimately, you know like, tried? Try, John, he was incredible. Like, <laughs> amazing voice. <laughs> like, can, you know, like, if you YouTube Rob Schneider can sing, like, YouTube a Rob Schneider singing, uh, you will be blown away. It was one of the highlights of the show. Why did he sing the Elvis song? Like, did he give any background on why he was choosing that song? Or he started busting it, was, it up. Adam and Adam did some stand up. He does some songs. Um, he did a bunch of weird stuff. And then he brings. He's like, Rob is going to come out and do a song. And Schneider comes out and does. God, what was the name of that Elvis song? If I heard it, I'd remember in a second. But uh, it was very good. I mean, like, Rob Schneider can really sing. Not kind of sing. Incredible range. Plays packed. Yeah, for Sandman. 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 So Sandman's making some cash on the side doing this little uh, going around. Yeah, yeah. He does not need to be doing this. No, right? he said he he's on a twenty city tour because his his daughters are annoying. Basically, <laughs> it was in one of his songs. Because he's, I mean, incredibly wealthy, right? Yeah, yeah. I haven't googled the the net worth, but I I think it's I guess four or five hundred million. And Rob probably bored too. Uh, Rob, and then the guy—I don't remember the name of the guy that opened for him, but he was good too. But he did. The one thing was he didn't do any of his classics. He didn't do any songs you know, like the Hanukkah song or anything from his last special. Oh. You know, which like one of those would have been would have spiced it up. Would have been nice. Except he did the Chris Farley song, which he's done before, which is a really good song. Uh, but the thing's just wild. Like it's just, I just there's not another person that does a show like. It's yeah. just weird, you know. It's just crazy. He's a unique human, I just unique. Yeah, it's just I, I, I loved it. It was fantastic, but it's just a different show, you know. If like if you like stand up comedy, but you're not a Sandler guy, not sure the show would work for you, you know. Yeah, because some of it is so dumb. Would you say a lot of people there in are in the age way. range of like thirty five to fifty ish? Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get to mingle with the masses, John, but. Uh, yeah, yeah I, rubbing I would, elbows with the elites. I would say so. I would say so. People yeah. that grew up on his go-to movies in the nineties, I would say. I mean, I I don't know. You were there, but 
Yeah, that's what what you just said is what I assumed is what it would be, and that's a lot of millennials. What it seemed like. Yeah, I would say I I, I don't think you had a lot of people like in their early twenties there. You know, I think it was late twenties, thirties, forties. Early 50s, that was kind of the crowd. Well, think about it. If you were 21, you grew up on Adam, some of his Netflix movies. I guess he's had a couple big movies. The one where he was a gambler, which I hated. And uh, I guess recently the Netflix show with the dude playing hoops. But Hustle. I mean, I, I would say he, he made his fame uh, on three or four movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Early 2000s for sure. Right. Uh, Michael says that uh, Sandler Google says Sandler has an estimated net worth of 420 million in 2020 and signed a four, since then has signed a four year movie deal with Netflix worth worth over 250. Do you think that is he doing this for Netflix or is this separate? You think? I don't know. I mean, I, I would assume it eventually goes up on Netflix. Why wouldn't you double dip a yeah. tour and a special? They need it. I'm going right? to be on tour anyway. Should we record this for 20 million <laughs> in? Yeah, done. So. But uh, big, yeah, big salmon. By the way, I, the reason I didn't, I, I picked the wrong Sandler joke to share at the beginning, which wasn't even a joke, but just a funny concept. Um, I got, I've gotten a few DMs over the last few months from a from a guy who's a grandpa. He says, "Love your show. My grandkids love your show. Could you dial down the f bombs for my grandkids?" <laughs> so shout out to Kyan and Avery, John, twelve and ten, out there. And their grandpa. Uh, I would say, tell Gramps. The early joke. I would say right around that time, 10 to 12 years old, I started watching movies like Adam Sandler stuff. And, you know, that's where I was welcomed into the world of that I've been talking like ever since. I know. Some people were saying on the chat, how did you hate Uncut Gems? I couldn't stand Sandler's voice in that movie. I, um, I found that movie to be one of the most, I was so just physically uncomfortable for most of that movie. I did not enjoy that experience. Saw it by myself in the theater. So it, Adam Sandler, gambling, KG. I, I thought it, the mob, I, I thought it had a chance to be, I, I mean, my version of The Godfather, you know? And I, again, went by myself. Just I, I've been to five movies in the movie theater in 15 years. I mean, it's to get me to go to the movie. My, my hopes and dreams for that thing were, yeah. maybe my expectations were too high, right? It could be, yeah. I think uh, he's working with the the guys that made that movie again, making another movie. So it had potential. Like he was on some of the right themes. There are and people go-to. that really like it. That's the one yeah. thing you would say, right? Like I agree with you. I didn't, but there are. I thought the ending, the last five minutes, I was like, okay, that was okay. But um, where I thought Hustle was just an easier, better watch. And I think, I think if we asked like the public, they would say Uncut Gems was better than Hustle. I didn't see Hustle though, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, you don't have to. I just one of those bored flipped it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna we'll see. I'm gonna try and make it through the show for Kyan and Avery. Uh, F bomb free. That's just a little challenge. I've, yeah, you I'm know, I, I get some of those that. too, and you know, my mom and people. I, I, I just, I, I apologize, and you know, it's pro- <laughs> we're we're just probably not for a ten year old when he's with his grandpa. You know, I just, I, I had CDs that I listened to. I couldn't listen to around my dad because he would throw it out the car, right? But I still listen to the CD when he wasn't around. It's just part of life. You know, it's just your grandparents and your parents for me. Uh, and I've had a long argument with my mother about the way I talk. And I just say, I talk like I talk, you know, it's just That's not, right. yeah, I, this is just you. This is not a reflection of you. This is just a reflection of purely <laughs> myself. Reflection of you. <laughs> and I also think as a society, why do we condemn certain words and, you know, the, the F word, uh, mm-hmm. 
allude. Yeah, and I actually, it feels like the way society is on some of these schools, maybe are, I would imagine they're just swearing out left and right. No one even gets in trouble anymore. We were kids. Yeah, I mean, once, once you got rid of capital punishment in schools, John, the world just gone downhill. I mean, is that what it's called? I, but, capital punishment? No, corporal. Yeah, but that was, that was gone by the time. I remember my dad always wishes, like, you deserve to get your hand hit, you know? The ruler? <laughs> yeah, it's like, that was in my day. It's like, you know, the classic, like, yeah, I'm sure you hiked uphill, too, to your school, you know, in the uh, snow. You grew up in El Cerrito. It wasn't snowing. <laughs> uh, before we go any further, John, let's tell the people and – uh the people 21 are over about our friends at Tito's, John. Tito's handmade vodka. Numero uno. Uh, I went Tito's in water at the Sandler show. Uh, beforehand, uh, I went to dinner and they said, uh, I, I, you know, you know what we love is a little espresso martini. And I said, espresso martini. And they said, any preference of vodka? And I said, what? <laughs> Tito's, please. And the guy was like, yeah, uh, that's what I was going to do otherwise, but just wanted to check. Tito's handmade vodka. Um, make it part of a good time. I may have, uh, you know, tied on a couple last night, uh, palled around a little event that I was not a part of. I went and then we went out to dinner after. Actually, at a restaurant, I forget the name of it, but we went to spring training once and went to this restaurant. It's pretty good. Oh, the steakhouse, the really nice uh, steakhouse. With no, the, the, this was a this was another one kind of by the river. Hmm. Uh, a little kind of trendier American food, had an espresso martini, had about four other Tito's and sodas. Mm. And uh, they were like, lime or lemon? I'm like, well, just rotate them. <laughs> you know, I, I don't really have a preference. I've just said lime my whole life because it's like, yeah, just throw in a lime. But now, like, Tito got me thinking, like, throw in a lemon. So I just said, keep it rotating. Uh, and the, the, they are dangerous. You know, at least the water, the potency of, of Tito and just the vodka, you can it slows you down a little bit. To me, the yeah. Tito soda can just fly like a waterfall. Yeah. And yeah. it can be it can be dangerous. It just can taste like a bubbly water, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially when you throw in the, the lime, I feel actually is a little stronger. So I guess I prefer the lime. But if Tito's gonna drink a lemon, who am I to say that you shouldn't drink a lemon, right? I agree with you on the lime, but you know, Tito's is trying to strip that sucker down. Uh Tito beverage the man, not Tito beverage the drink. Tito's Handmade Vodka, John. Uh, you got a holiday party. You're just hanging out at the house. Whatever you want, bring Tito's. Make Tito's part of the party. Uh, right now, you can, you know, uh, check out some holiday-like recipes, like a uh, Tito's Merry Mule, which is vodka, ginger beer, cranberry juice, oh. lime juice, two dashes of orange bitters. How about the uh, Tito's Clementine Cheer, which is uh, ginger ale, fresh squeezed clementine juice, a little cinnamon syrup, and one sage leaf for garnish. Uh, or you can go with uh, your own personal mixes, whatever you got. Tito's Handmade Vodka, numero uno. It is uh, the official uh, everything of this show. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Do it, people. What does tied one on mean? Do we have a history on that? Can we have an English teacher to weigh in on that? There are just certain sayings that you just say, and I would say the overwhelming percentage of people have no clue what they mean. Because I heard something like, Someone questioned because I was listening to something. And they said, you know, till the cows come home. And they're yeah. like, how do the cows come home? They're around a fence. They're always fenced in. They're not going anywhere. They just kind mm -hmm. of roam around the fence. It kind of mm -hmm. makes sense. Where are the cows coming home too? That they're already. Is the insinuation that you go, do you, yeah, it's a good question. Do you round up the cows at the at sundown? I got to yeah, think about I, my uh, cow rounding days. Rustling, yes. cow rustling. So I, you know, I don't know. It doesn't. Some sayings just don't add up, but we just say them, and they actually make sense when you say them. But when you think about them, they make completely no sense. 
tie a bun on is an old British slang. I don't even know. We're not, we're not even going to get an answer on that one. Also brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped promo code ham number one. Manscaped.com promo code ham one. Get you 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com promo code ham the number one. Yeah, get on it right now. Manscaped.com promo code ham the number one. Lawnmower 4.0, the greatest testicle. We'll keep it appropriate testicle trimmer of all time <laughs> somehow it sounds uh, worse you know yeah i get i get a lot of hair on the the, the what the uh you know the kids used to i don't even know if this is appropriate anymore the tramp stamp area of the back right above that the buttocks tramps but and so uh, you trim right there i also got some hairs on my back i've been trimming and obviously mm. the the weed whacker is just I, I don't think a nose hair trimmer has ever been uh designed better and i would say definitely more efficient than that thing because you just throw that up there you do a couple circles swab style and then all of a sudden you just, <laughs> not as deep not you don't have to go as deep you just <laughs> go kind of right on the edges because i think you want some hairs up there to contain the boogers right yeah, yeah f- and filter the air yeah good point yeah <laughs> the lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer both feature the proprietary advanced skin safe technology you get the wireless uh, charging system as well. Plus, you can completely upgrade your shower routine with the ultra premium body wash and ultra premium two in one shampoo and conditioner. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code HAM, the number one, HAM1. There are many codes out there. HAM1 is the one we recommend and appreciate. You get 20% off and free shipping when you use that code. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Code HAM. And then just the, the single numeral, the number one. Cam Newton's number. I thought somebody said yeah. Cam Newton should be the next coach at Jackson State. Uh, Manscaped, promo code HAM in the number one. There you go. Get it. Corey says, five bucks. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Please don't uh, prove the chat's assumption right and say Forrest Gump. My my favorite movie changes depending on, you know, it's a, it's a mood. I'd say it's a definitely a mood thing. Uh, hard for me to answer. I mean, I don't know. I have yeah, to I mean, really I, think about that if I was going to throw out an answer. I, I I would say if you judge it on basically you're flipping channels, but you don't flip channels. Eight right? mi- so, if you judge it by flipping channels, what do you stop on? Obviously, Eight Mile. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say Shawshank Redemption is just on television so much, and I enjoy it. I, I would say that's something that, like, as you've gotten older, I, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much when I was in my early 20s, but I didn't like onions and tomatoes back then either and now i don't have a sandwich without them i I think as you age you probably like different movies you know but i i I would still put a combination of when i was the age of like uh the grandpa that slid into your dms a combination of con air and the rock (laughs) of just like i don't know i'm a sucker for like that genre that when i was about 10 11 12 Mm -hmm. years old came out i shouldn't have watched them uh I, or I wasn't allowed. I should have watched them. I, and I did. I, I wasn't necessarily allowed. Uh, I remember I was at a friend's house and his dad freaked out after the part of, of uh, the rock when uh, those guys are dealing with the virus and they die and everyone's swearing. And yeah, but that's a fantastic movie. Lucas says pretty sure that till the cows come home refers to farms where cows graze free range during the spring and come inside during the winter. You know, I was I was about to say that. Actually, I was thinking that that's what it was. Good call. God, it pisses me off when people say that. Oh, I was about to say that. What does pay dirt mean? Like the end zone? Yeah. That's where you get paid? That's the dirt where you get paid? You know, when it's grass, like pay dirt. Maybe it's a pay it, dirt. It's pay, P-A-Y dirt. 
pay dirt. Yeah, this pay is dirt. dirt where the money is made. Where gotcha. the points are where the points are. Uh, so like when you bust a fifty yard run, he goes. Pay, how do you how do you say it as an announcer? That's pay dirt or is it off to pay dirt? Oh, Metalkov, thirty six yards to pay dirt. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Ground containing ore in sufficient quantity to be profitably extracted. So it's where the profit valuable land. Yeah. There you go. So land where you get paid or babies go to die. That's right. If you turn it over, yeah, in the baby zone, that is uh, it's not good. Under dirt instead of pay dirt. Yeah. 49ers, uh, oh, before I get to uh, that real quick, John, I just want to mention to you this week, because I've, I've been doing it, so I'm going to keep doing it. This week we have two, two NFL games featuring teams that are both over 500. Uh, the Jets have been a part of this game for a while now. Jets and Bills, both teams are over 500. It's actually wild, the two games that has two teams over 500. Jets and Bills is one. The other, Eagles-Giants. Those are the two games featuring teams in which both teams are over 500. If we expanded it to at least 500, at least 500, then we'd add some more games. Dolphins, Chargers, one of the teams is over, one is 500. Niners, Bucks, Bucks are six and six. Uh, and that's it. Because I would say the Dolphins, Chargers, and Niners, Bucks is more interesting to me than Phillies, Giants. Uh, Phillies. Yeah, Philly Giants, yeah. 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 I don't find the Giants very watchable. I'd say Jets-Bills is a pretty interesting game. Because if the Jets lose this game and the Patriots, who play the Cardinals, I'm pretty sure on Monday Night Football. That's correct. Because the Patriots have swept the Jets, I think the Jets are pretty good. But, like, and they're clearly a big underdog now in this game. They could miss the playoffs. Somehow the Patriots, who everyone thinks sucks and their offense is terrible, you look up, they're 9-8. and eight. The Jets turn 9-8. and eight. Well, they're going to have the tiebreaker and the Patriots right. are in and the Jets are out. Right. Right now, the Jets are seven and five. The uh, Patriots are six and six. I think I like the Patriots in that game. Patriots at Cardinals. Yeah, Monday Night Football. Uh, as we are live on Thursday, Raiders Rams is tonight. A um, couple of other games of uh, interest. Here's a sneaky game: Vikings at Lions. Do you know I that guess? the Lions are favored in that game? Lions are favored in that game. Minus two. They're five and seven. The Vikings are ten and two. Remember, the, they played earlier this season. The Lions were kicking their ass. How about that? Lions sneaky, not dead for the playoffs if they were able to win this game. Do you think Chiefs Broncos has a chance to be semi close? Ten point favorite. Um, yeah. Denver's you know, defense is good. Games in yeah. Denver. I could see it being a little weird, but the the Broncos offense is historically poor. So, yeah, it could be an ugly like seventeen to three game. Yeah. Panthers at Seahawks. Panthers are four and eight. Seahawks are seven and five. Coming off a little late season bizzle, also known Hard. as the buy. Oh. <laughs> I tried it and I was like, that doesn't even sound like a buy. I don't even know why I said that. No, I, John, that's absolutely part of English now. Bizzle. Yeah. A little weird, too, oh, that you bizzle. would think six teams, the, six teams on a bizzle this week, John. Falcons on a bizzle. Packers on a bizzle. The Falcons are on, I thought they just named a new quarterback. So they're not well, even playing they this week. It. They named Desmond Ritter the quarterback so you could have the whole bizzle to prepare. Oh, or, uh, I oh I I didn't pay much attention to that story because I just do not the Falcons. I mean, bore me to death. Falcons, just the franchise. Not I actually when I when they're on my television, they're not a terrible watch. But just any news about the franchise does nothing to my inner beings. Like you could mm-hmm. be like, everyone in the entire organization was fired. They fired every coach. They're gonna play a run. I'd be like, cool. Like just nothing with the franchise impacts my thoughts or feelings. You know? Yeah. You could say the same thing with the Texans. You could do the Jags. It just I'm unmoved. 
by by news. I, I feel the same thing about the commanders. You could give me subpoenas, DOJs, until he's the most gone interesting or thing something about happens. Them is just whatever Gruden's writing about. One hundred percent. So like you say John Gruden, and then I'll click. But if it's just like Dan Snyder and the NFL and Rogers, like I'm not clicking on your story. I, I'm not. You know, you give me like Giselle's dating. I'm like, click. You know, I mean, there's certain things that get me, certain things that don't. Right. J- Jags have been completely uninteresting. Um, Mike White content, I, I kind of I, I naturally gravitate to. Gravitate towards, but honestly, like I had some of that last year. It's got a ceiling on it. Uh, Dolphins Bills next week, by the way. Of course, the Niners play the Seahawks on Thursday night next week. So I didn't do any research, but I wonder if the the old Dolphins stayed on out here this this week. Yeah, they're practicing at UCLA today. No shit. How about that? Yeah, makes sense. Yep. Uh, Raiders, Rams, Thursday night football, baby. Ooh, Baker, as, if you're listening to this after the fact, you know what happens, but this show expects to see Baker Mayfield on TNF. Yeah, it'd be, it, it'd be a rough month stretch, even though they've kind of righted the ship to lose to Jeff Saturday, oh, potentially his only win, and to Baker Mayfield, who John. arrived Tuesday afternoon. The, the Raiders are not, cannot, they're not losing this game on Thursday. You wouldn't think there is it's gonna be a home game. Okay. It's a road game, but it's a home game. A lot of LA Raider fans. Baker Mayfield arrived on Tuesday. Today True. is Thursday. They've got no offensive line. They had no Aaron Donald. No Cooper Cup. No Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson's injured too. There is no way. The Raiders lose this game, John. This is a stone cold lock. There Before- is no way. This would be if this is impossible to lose this game. There's no chance. If you're listening to this after the fact, you're like, guy was right. Guy was right. There's no way the Raiders could lose to Baker Mayfield, who knows eight plays, basically gets to the line of scrimmage. I'm imagining, and McVay is just talking eight miles an hour, 80 miles an hour as Baker's kind of looking and you know, they're doing the thing where you just uh, they don't even have dirt. I don't know how they're gonna draw plays up in the huddle. Baker's on his hand, just being like, All right, you go that way and you go that way. There's no way they lose this game, John. Raiders have got this thing on block. The NFL should allow Baker Mayfield and Sean McVay to take away the fifteen second rule and be able to talk communicate the all the way down to the zeros. That's a good call. That would that's the only way to make the game fair. <laughs> this is gonna be an ass kicking, John, an ass kicking. I wonder if Bobby Wagner regrets, like, you know, should I have gone somewhere else? Where was he going to go, though? Remember? I don't know, but it sucks. I mean, you're three and nine. Your team sucks. It's not ideally, you know, the last couple years of your career. Like, I mean, some of his buddies, right? Like Richard, his swan song, he got to go to another Super Bowl. You're just going to go three and nine? That sucks. As the Seahawks are good. Ish. Pete said something like gave him a lot of credit last week and Seattle tweeted it out. And then Bobby did one of those like fists up, you know, so they feel like they mended the fences a little. Oh, good. Good. It's another one. Do like fences fall down a lot? And it's not exist. Yeah. You got anybody that's had the land, you know, you got for sure. For sure. Mending fences is part of the daily routine. That's true. I mean, wood fences. I I feel like a lot of people now do the cast iron. Hey, I watched. Nope. We're going to get to sports here now. But I just want to tell you, I watched Nope the other day. Have you seen that? No, I have not. I people, I, I, I don't feel like it got like a ton of. I don't know what it got. I didn't. Not a lot of people. Like, oh, you got to watch Nope. I enjoyed Nope. I. It's like a you know free on something. I thought it was good. I'll check it out. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, boy, there's a, there's a, a few different ways to attack this, but um, big Kyle Shanahan week this week. Big Kyle Shanahan week this week uh, against the Bucks, and you know I think it's because it's also a Brock Purdy week. Obviously, I don't want to play something for you. This is yeah okay. So, so this is actually from um, from Monday Night Football, the Manning cast this last week because the Bucks and Saints played on Monday night, and Eli Manning broke down the Bucks defense for that game. So at the end, you'll hear him say Andy and Jameis because he's talking about the Saints uh, quarterbacks. But take see if you can hear here. What, um, tell me how this sounds, if you can hear this all right. Here's Eli Manning on the Bucks defense on Monday Night Football. Their, their front four does not get a lot of pressure. You know, they're just rushing four. They're not going to get to the quarterback very often, but they do have some exotic blitzes. I mean, they're bringing all sorts of people. They love to bring different blitzes and play zone behind it. They're not a man team. They're going to play zone. They'll, they'll play shell, and so if they can get you into some pots. They can get you into bringing overloads and and so you have to get the ball out quick. You might be able to get it protected, but you know they do a good job. It's complex. It's different. You never know when where guys are coming from, and so they can get you into forcing some balls. And that's what they did last time. Andy was not the quarterback and Jameis Winston, but you know a lot of turnovers, especially third down, expect some sort of pressure. Every game is talked about like it's a chess match, but what Kyle Shanahan has here is a major chess match with a quarterback who just is you know for all the. Did Trent Williams say Brock Purdy's like a 15-year vet or whoever said that this week? Um, but he's not, right? For all of the qualities that he has, he has not seen as many. He's not been in the fire in the NFL the way that Jimmy Garoppolo has. That I think Kyle said after the game he thought his best throw was when they basically all out blitzed and he hit Kittle on the play last yeah. against uh, – uh, who the hell did they just play? My mind's not working. Who the 49ers just beat with Brock Purdy? Who they play on Sunday? I, I can't think. I mean, <laughs> the Miami Dolphins. Stuff. Yeah, okay, Miami Dolphins. <laughs> it would have taken me a while to get that. <laughs> this is where, again, you, Todd Bowles is probably a better defensive coordinator than any guy that he saw in the Big Twelve. But when they talk about having a lot of experience, they don't mean that it just translates to when you become a starter in the NFL. But it does mean that you've seen stuff in game environments, right? Like you have put game plans together as the Iowa State starter in the Big 12 for four straight years, all week, put a game plan together. Then you go into a game and you see different things and you adapt. Like to me, I think that's like the nitty gritty of what coaches you've prepared, led up to a game, and then you've made adjustments in games and you've seen all these different defenses. So Todd Bowles is, listen, he's not a very good head coach. He's just, he's pretty abysmal. Like the guy, he should. He's a number two. Dennis Allen, same thing. Good defensive coordinators, bad head coaches, but he is a, I mean, really good defensive coordinator. I, I think it was widely considered when they were all defensive coordinators. It was like him and Vic, just felt like do it a little differently. Like Vic's never been a big blitz guy, Vic's runs a three four defense, and Todd's just kind of all out, but it works. Never forget. I mean, they did lose their tackles. They destroyed Andy Reid in that Super Bowl. I mean, that was a full-blown ass-kicking. And it felt like, I think Tom ended up, did Tom win the MVP? But it was like, it felt like, the, remember, I had a Devin White ticket. The defense, Dom, that was Devin a defensive almost, performance. Did he have a, a yeah, Devin White a pick? Yeah, it felt like he had a chance to win that. Had like 15 tackles. But it was, they are, and you watch them now, you and I were going through, like, their defense is 
pretty good. Like I do not just the Niners are. I don't expect 150 yards on the ground. I, I think it's going to be hard to get to the hundred yard mark. So you are going to be in passing situations because even if Kyle tries to hammer the run, like you could be it could be second and ten, right? So you're just going to hammer it again and be third and nine, you know, and then you're going to pass. And what's going to happen when you pass? And they know you're passing. He's going to fucking yeah. bring the heat. Yeah, I mean they're giving up four and a half yards of carry. They give up a lot of rushing yards, but they are not going to feel at least. You know, the night it's all it's on Brock Purdy to threaten them to make them feel threatened with the pass game and um and not turn the ball over. I mean, I, I've been saying this all week and it really applies to this game. The recipe for the 49ers doesn't change with Brock Purdy taking over for Jimmy. The question is, can Brock Purdy replicate Jimmy's recipe? Jimmy's recipe doesn't look all that challenging, right? It doesn't look all that complicated. But it is. I think it is challenging. It's challenging to not throw interceptions, which, you know, Jimmy, he's tried to throw a couple and he threw one and it got called back. But in the final tally, he's not been throwing picks. And good, on a, third, good on third down, right? Good Passing on third the down. Ball. Yeah, it's like, like I know the recipe, it feels like an easy recipe to duplicate. But I do think that's part of Garoppolo is he's you, you, he just he hasn't made mistakes. So and he's he's made plus plays now. Purdy made plus plays last week, but the challenge of being an NFL quarterback is making the plus plays without the negative plays, right? If you put an average quarterback out there for 17 weeks and let him just throw the ball around, he'll throw touchdowns, but he'll also throw a lot of interceptions. Your average QB, if you just cut him loose, and so that to me is like, can how much can Kyle really manage this game? How much can he really anticipate what the Bucks are going to do defensively? and have the counter ready so Brock Purdy's not trying to figure it out with the play clock at three, at two, at one, and now they missed a protection, and here comes some guy free off the edge. If you heard what Eli said, he said there's going to be – you're going to miss protections and guys are going to be coming free, which we saw. That's part of how Jimmy got hurt last week. It's part of that play with Kittle. He had a free rusher, Purdy, when he made the play that Kyle Shanahan complimented him for. Like that's to me, is what's scary. And then what happens in that moment? Does Brock go, time to make a play and make you pay, baby? Brett Favre's coming or does he go all right we're gonna live to fight another down I'm gonna trust my defense against Tom Brady and and whatever we're just gonna stick to the game plan the Bucks the last four games and this is where we say like this is the Niners recipe the Bucks the last four games have averaged they've allowed one and a half touchdowns per game they allowed one touchdown last week they allowed two touchdowns the week before. They allowed two touchdowns the game before, which was the Seahawks game in Germany. And they allowed one touchdown the week before that. So they've allowed one, two, two, one. That's how many touchdowns they've allowed. The and it was quarter. 21-3 across the pond going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, the two right? touchdowns the Seahawks scored were in the fourth quarter. I would imagine if you look at some of Brock Purdy's, uh, his history as the Iowa State starter, he didn't see many defensive coordinators that would just stand everyone up in the last scrimmage. Five or six guys at the line of scrimmage just standing up. Todd Bowles does that a lot. He did it all the time. It felt like every other snap against the Saints, like Vita Vea is moving around here standing up. Like the guy's a 340 pound defensive tackle, you know, and now he's a pretty special athlete. But I mean, he, he has some versatile chess pieces. I brought up the third down percentages so far in, in the NFL through, you know, whatever week, 13 weeks. It makes sense the top four teams. Basically, from 51% to 46%. The Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Eagles are one through four. The 49ers are fifth. That's a pretty, like, you're with the two best teams in the league. You would say, actually, the three best teams in the league, right? I I would put them, fuck, the four best teams in the league. The Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, Eagles. Whatever order you want to put those in. Like, 
Those are the four best teams in the league. I think if you just ask people that watch the NFL, Eagles are clearly the best team in the NFC. And then, I mean, those three team three teams in the AFC are on a different tier than the entire other AFC. And they're the best third down team. Well, how did the 49ers flip their fucking season? Jimmy Garoppolo started being really good. And part of where he's really good, he doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns. He's not pressing the field down the field. He's good on third down. Well, if you're good on third down and your defense is the best defense in the league, what's going to happen? You're going to win more games than you lose, right? That's really what they've done since week one. Because their record since week one is eight and three, that game that they lost to the Bears. And really, after the Bronco game, if we did, I don't know what the math is, but they're probably like seven and something, seven and one, seven and two. I mean, they, they've won a lot of games after that because they, would they start one and two? Mm-hmm. So they would be, yeah, you know, seven, seven, and, two. seven and two. Yeah. And I think third down, because offensively, they're not scoring 35 fucking points a game. They, they're not winning in shootouts. They're not allowing you to score, and they're efficient on offense. They're not efficient in the red zone, right? No, they're 53% in the red zone, touchdowns. But they are really efficient. To me, if you're in that crew of teams, like that's – and really, the Bears, kind of weird or an outlier. The, the other teams that are kind of just in the top 10 are the Cowboys, the Ravens, Seattle. Well, what do all these teams have in common? They're 8-4. and four, They're 7-5. and five. What are the Cowboys? 9-3. and three. You know, they, All these teams' records are really good. And I think the other thing, like the Bills, the Bengals, the Eagles, the Cowboys, like these teams have good defenses too. So you're just – you're headed to 11 wins. Now, I think the question is – Really, I mean, by, if you're listening this Friday or Saturday, like once Sunday hits, it's like five days. I mean, how it's a, that's a lot of football for Brock Purdy in a five day stretch. Tampa you're saying before Seattle. you play the Seahawks on Thursday? No, I'm just saying like you have a five day stretch of two games that like this percentage, if it dips a little bit, like it could go the wrong way. Like these are two, you could lose these two games, right? I don't right. think you and I can envision it. Anyone listening can envision it. Like they could easily lose to Tampa to me, like 17, 14. Yeah. Right? It's not that hard to envision because every Sunday, for the most part, you watch them play a game that they could lose, including the game they just played against Miami, including the game they played against new Orleans. I know the D they didn't give up a point. They won by 13, but if you experienced the game, you went, there were points in that game where you thought they might lose today. Right. Cause here's what I know. If you lose to Tampa, regardless whether Seattle wins or loses, right? If they win, you would have the same record. If they lose, they'd still be a game behind. The pressure in that Seattle game is beyond immense. And potentially, if you win and Seattle wins, nothing really changes. There's one where you can take somewhat of a breath, right? You win, they lose, you got a two-game lead on them. Even if they beat you at home, you're still in first place in the division. And ultimately, like, it's not as big of a loss because it's not. It wouldn't be good, but like if I tell you you lose a road game in December on Thursday night, it's very understandable. But if that game is what feels like for all the marbles, another thing, you know, statement that people use that I don't know how long since a lot of people played marbles, but that's probably the 50s and the 60s. Not many people are playing marbles, but that's a good statement. It's an easy one to use, and I think most people know what you're talking about. This just – I. I Having a rookie quarterback making his second career start on the road in a game that's just going to be fucking bananas in terms of noise, probably be the loudest game he's ever been involved in. And he's probably played in some pretty loud stadiums, right? Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, at Iowa, at Iowa State. He's probably played some loud games against Iowa. TCU, I'm sure. I mean, West Virginia. So I'm not saying he's not. And this gets back to the experience. Like, he has been in environments where it's really, really loud. I think when he was there, Texas was pretty shitty. 
He probably never even lost. I mean, Tom Herman's Texas team went seven and three. What'd they do that year? Yeah. So maybe, maybe lost to him, but you got to win it. Like to me, this is, this is huge. I'm going to give you the same advice. I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said, they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get two more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time get on the prize picks app just like me and use the code ham 50 for a first deposit match of up to 100 football season's over but hoop season is getting hot tournament season or the fight for playoff home court there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year so get in on the excitement with prize picks america's number one fantasy sports app and you can get it on baseball too i've got some season long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs uh not off not feeling great about shohei less than 38 and a half right now but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. ButcherBox.com slash HAM helps you make good decisions. Last night, I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden, it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use game time. You just download the app on your smartphone. And you can search any event, concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. 
And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. I got to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house with one of those big-name companies that, I'll be honest, sucks. I got the Eufy Video Lock, and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, Video Lock. It's easy to install, just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required, and now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't want to take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally. You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look. I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the 3-in-1 video smart lock from Eufy, and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I, I, ideally, if you're, you know, for the Niners and, and for Brock Purdy's sake, you win. Somehow Seattle gets upset and you can just be cool. You just kind of let it just good experience for them for the playoffs. But it's not like if you lose 20 to 10, like whatever. Right. Because there's no whatever. If it's a one game leader, you have the same record. It'd be <sighs> devastating. Yeah. I mean, it's whatever. If you if you win this week and take a two game lead because Seattle loses on Seattle and then they beat you Thursday, it's still just a one game. I you know, you, you don't have the head-to-head tiebreaker anymore, and you still have three games left, including the Commanders and the Raiders. One of them is on the road. Another one on a sh- – I guess it's not a short week because you play think, uh, Christmas Saturday, but I just – I don't 
it, you would be able to breathe a little easier, but every time you think you're about to breathe e easy in most divisional races, with the exception of teams that are like 11 and one, for the most part, you don't really get to breathe easy with a month left in the season, unless you're an 11 and one. Yeah. You it's know, not like baseball where you can have a seven game lead. And it's like, yeah, you to pass me. It's kind of crazy. Things have to happen. So, you know, I, I just, it just feels like they're, this is, they are playing playoff games every week, which is what they would have been doing with Jimmy anyway. But, you know, there, there've been a lot of compliments for, for Brock this week. And a lot of been, I, I haven't heard anything that I think is undeserved, but anyone that's watched football a long time as most people listening to this or watching this have, you just know one game is not who you are. It's, it, it's weeks. It's week. It's weeks. It's weeks. It's weeks. It is a long game. It is not a short game. And the long game is far from over. And the you Niners, you know, again, the good thing for the Niners is this is the way they have played. Their yeah. defense already knows the deal. Their offensive line, like everyone knows the deal. The question this, is, can can, Bake, can can Baker, can Brock just play that way? And you would say other Kyle's other two playoff seasons, this is how it went, right? They got in on a last play to win the division in Seattle when they were 13-3. and three, And then last year, they literally got in an overtime game to get into the playoffs. Like So they have, their guys are used to the pressure, just not the quarterback. Who is used to pressure, right? He played on a top 15, 20 team when he was at Iowa State, and they were playing in big games, but it's just different in the NFL. Yeah, well, I think part of his college experience was they won and lost because of him, right? That is not the 40. I mean, the quarterback does affect if you win or lose, that without question. Like that third down percentage you gave, Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I, he was playing well. There's just no way around it. He was yeah. playing well. Well, think about the other four quarterbacks that are above them. Josh Allen. Burrow, Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. Is that like that's if the Heisman Trophy was the equivalent in the MVP, those would be the four guys, probably, right? Like if you just took people for the yeah, MVP, G the quarterback. Yeah, Gino. Gino would be like Michael Penix left out and everybody would be pissed. By the way, John, speaking of Kyle Shanahan, a, a remarkable career continues. Um Football Outsiders put this graphic together. <laughs> Football Outsiders put this graphic together. With the win over Miami last week, Kyle Shanahan finally got over 500 for his career. He is 47 and 46. It took 93 games to get over 500. The only coach that ever took longer to get over 500 was the Hall of Famer, Tom Landry. Uh, Tom Landry. It took him longer to get over 500. Now, as someone, as the article points out, Landry took over an expansion team in the pre, where, and they didn't have a draft pick, so uh, was a little bit of a different era. But just gives you an idea. Now, other guys that took a long time to get over five hundred: Gary Kubiak in Houston. This is career record. So Jeff Fisher, Bill Walsh, uh, among others. So Jimmy Johnson in Dallas, Dick Vermeil in Philly. Dick Vermeil had open tryouts. Uh, I think the Niners were able to stop short of that. Jerry Glanville in Houston, but. You think Vince Papali could make this 49er team? I think Shanahan would actually like Papali, <laughs> don't you? Well, I think Belichick would sign him before Kyle could get his hands on him. <laughs> He'd be coming out of a Chip Kelly program. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. It's just uh it's it, it it illustrates as weird as Kyle's tenure has felt because of the high highs and the low lows and the constant quarterback injuries. The numbers do illustrate it has been, it's felt weird. It has been a historically abnormal coaching head coaching career 
for Kyle Shanahan to this point? Well, if you just put the microscope on the last four years, if they're able to win this division, I think most teams beside like Andy Reid and like the Belichick Brady run would sign up for two division championships, another playoff berth. And, you know, if they, who knows how many playoff games they win or what happens this year, but potentially five playoff, five plus playoff wins over that period of time. Like that's very successful, right? If you siphon out the first couple of years that were kind of a disaster. Yeah. 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 But it's just, it's, you know, that is representative of a guy that's been uh, kind of a lightning rod for debate, right? Kyle. Yeah. And he's just a lightning rod coach given the experiences he's had, right? I would say him and his dad starting with Washington. That was one of the more famous things with RG three and cousins like that. Just storyline in the NFL. I, I would say the 28, three is one of the biggest storylines in the history of the Super Bowl. And I've always said Kyle gets blamed. Like he's the only assistant coach I ever remember getting blamed for something, whether it's fair or not, like head coaches get blamed. I mean, they, they get crushed guy. And he just, you, I've never heard Dan Quinn's name mentioned one time with that game. Never once. If you meet someone randomly and you start bullshitting about the 28 to three comeback, it's fuck out. What was he doing? I so I bet in like five years, once we're like a decade removed, you'd be like, you, you remember who Atlanta's head coach was? They'd be like, Jerry Glanville? I, who had, I don't think most people would know. People might think it was Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's morphing into that. No. Which again, fair or not, I, you know, depending on who you talk to in the business, I know some, one thing Kyle's always been adamant, when you hear him t- interviewed, he's like, you know, when you're the OC, you're just, you just consume with scoring points. So I just, he just he is always hammered that home. Like it's not his job to play game management. One one missed you could pick up, and they win the game. I would say history, like it's probably fair that Matt Ryan doesn't deserve to be a even though he's a great career, but like I think history got it right. Like Tom got an extra ring, Matt Tom did not get. Kyle Shanahan's. Record with Jimmy Garoppolo is 38 and 17. His record without Jimmy is nine and 29. Now, so, as the article points out, some of Jimmy's, you know, a, a Jimmy injury coincided with a Bosa injury one year, um, a 2020 season. Uh, there were some other, he's had some other, a Debo injury mixed in. They've had some injuries that have coincided with Jimmy injuries, but I wonder, does like Jimmy get credit for that win against the Dolphins? Because he well, started, you just technically going as I mean, I, I Brock Purdy gets credit for you know like, yeah. But technically, does Jimmy get credit? It's a good question. Is it percentage of snaps or is it start? Because he's been hurt several times. Yeah. Uh, just a follow up. I thought you might enjoy this. Most games coached never being over five hundred. North Turner number one, two hundred thirty seven uh, games coached was never over five hundred. Got Bart Starr had a tough run there at Green Bay in the mid seventies. Yep, late seventies. Um, Romeo Cornell, that was ugly. close, not really. I mean, Norv was only eight games under 500, so had some moments, yeah. Romeo, you mentioned Bruce Coslett, Jets and Bengals. That's an all time combo of uh, <laughs> yeah, pr- program affiliation. <laughs> so, Tom Brady uh gave a press conference in uh, Tampa today, was talking about 
how many friends and family he gave out his parents' home address, said they live in the same home he grew up in. They're going to be there. He loves that his parents aren't going to have to travel. Um, a few people, we, we get so into the game that I had a few messages from people said we, we're missing out on Tom versus Jimmy. That was going to be a storyline this week that we're not getting. A, a buddy of mine, Danny, texted me yesterday and said, would Brady, if he had stayed retired, be coming out of retirement this week to play for the 49ers? thought that was an interesting uh, question, interesting take. Um, but Brady back home is obviously the story when he plays these games. Remember, Brady was supposed to come back home the year he tore his ACL. I guess the Niners played – I mean, the Patriots were going to play a candlestick that year. He didn't play in the game. Never got to play in candlestick. But the combination of Trey's injury, Garoppolo's injury, whatever comes next, Tom Brady to the Niners is going to be a topic, a real topic, again, in the NFL this offseason. One thing I noticed in Kyle talking this week is he said, you know, when you watch Tom – a couple of years ago when he was a free agent, everyone just like, ah, you know, he's 42, 43 years old. It's got to, this can't keep happening. And he's like, well, when you watch him right now, he's as good as he's ever been. And he's hyping it up a little bit. But I also wondered, like, is he doing that on purpose? I am fully prepared for a story to be John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, and Tom Brady break bread in early March or late February. Like, they have a meeting over dinner in Mexico. When, yeah, Mexico, Montana. Uh, Dallas, I don't know, Jupiter, Florida, n- nothing will surprise me. Like, I I think it's on the table un- unless Tom retires and goes, I'm completely done. I'm going to Fox. It's over. I, I'm no more football, which, I, you know, after a game like that last week, it felt like he was close before. And then that happens. You're like, I don't know. You know, he obviously single guy he doesn't have anyone to have to beside his children who i just saw he had a one of his sons just had a birthday doesn't have to ask for permission anymore it's got to be a pretty good feeling like 13 years of marriage especially for the last four you haven't really liked her and it's like i don't have to ask anyone to do shit you do have to arrange like you know the kids i don't think you're exactly just a completely uh no unchained unchained stallion but i mean more for like if i want to play nfl football i don't have to be like honey listen like i can still throw the out route i don't think you understand like if you if people thought that you could still be on magazine covers, you would. I mean, it's just you know, it's just, it's just what, what are we arguing over? But it's in the league in in yards. Do you expect him to play next year? Because I, I I don't. I, I guess I'm kind of indifferent. I, I don't know. I I don't know. Um, but uh, what would you? What would your guess? Because I I think my guess is he retires, but I don't know yeah, why I, I think that. You know, he's 45, and he said he wanted to play till he's 45. He's doing that. Um, I don't know if they don't miss if they, well, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs if it ends badly, if it ends well, I don't know that that really changes anything. It, I tend to think that the better they play, the more likely he is to come back. Right. Like if he goes to the NFC championship game in some crazy way, like I, it's almost harder to walk away when you're right there, when you know, you still got it. Um, Someone DM me that they're not a lot. Like if they were to lose this week, they'd be six and seven and the Panthers, if they were to win, they, They'd be five and eight, and it'd just be like, yeah, that division. I mean, they're obviously Atlanta. They beat them, but it's not. They don't have some three game lead for a team that's not very good. Now the other teams suck too. They should make the playoffs. It'd be it'd be pretty if they didn't make the playoffs. That would be pretty nuts. It, it, they'd probably lose out, right, or go one and four down the stretch. Six Which, and six, does that so make it more likely or less likely he comes back? You know, yeah, I. 
I think it's hard because I think in Tom's mind, this season has been a disaster regardless, right? He's not used to being six and six. <laughs> When's the last time Tom Brady's been six and six? I think Never. it's hard to go. I think it's, again, it's you, it's so easy to go both ways. It's hard to go out that way. Um, So, I don't know. I think I'm probably a little over 50-50. He's looking but, a little weird, I think, for the first time. I, I noticed it in his last week when he walked out to the field or on Monday. I just he's looking a little old too. The old the the kind of feels like he's got a little the actor thing going where he's getting the cosmetic surgery. He's just maybe going through a little midlife crisis. Yeah, could be. Do you want a midlife crisis guy with with Kyle? Does that work? I mean, how many times can you say no to the guy? How many times We've can you say no once? Him? You know, you you bet against him because you're like eventually we'll be right. Eventually he will be too old and he won't have anything left. Right. Well, because if you did bet against him, and I and I'd be for betting against him. The question is, rather, what does it cost you to bet against him? If you're like, well, Trey's not really healthy yet, but Jimmy's not going to be back. What does it cost us to make Tom Brady the starter for one more year as Trey Lance continues to, you know, develop or whatever? Well, if Tom Brady has, let's say the 49ers, he came to the 49ers and was their starting quarterback, and they were good. They won the division. I would say if, even though it's Tom Brady and he has obviously accomplished more than any quarterback more than likely will ever accomplish, it would be pretty nuts a 46-year-old just keeps kicking ass. Like, it, like I, Are we just numb to this? Because I thought this year no, I when you've watched Tampa, he has looked at times as pedestrian as he's ever looked. But that's how I felt his last year in New England. That's how I the would Niners say felt. He wants no part of getting hit, which you could argue is a good thing. Why, why would he He'd get injured if he gets hit? But I, I just I, I wouldn't be in the business. Now you could be like, well, when are you ever going to be in this situation again? You're never messing with 46 year olds ever again, right? It, it's this is a this is a unique outlier situation that's just a one off. He's Tom fucking Brady, if he's interested, which I I'm still I, I'm not as confident that he would be. Clearly, when you see him light up, like it home's home, and, and his parents still live here. Obviously, the brand matters to him in terms of like maybe maybe it would maybe sappy maybe he knows how cool it would be for his dad. Yeah, I don't think that's just a lock though. I, I agree with you. I'm, I, I also I, think I the offense in a weird way, and I, I'm critical sometimes with Kyle, like and just coaches in general, they like, got to adapt. But like Kyle's offense is what works. I mean, that's it's been successful, and it's what kind of makes him a worth the value of having him as a head coach and Tom is not a scheme fit because he can't move he can't move but he does get the ball out quick which would also work and he could throw the ball down the field which the Niners can't do but the threat of the run the boots and stuff would not exist and that's a huge part of the offense it's no, why but, they- but, but Kyle creates all kinds of misdirections and confusion with all kind of pre-stat movements and multiple backs and you know, fullbacks and uh, running backs in the backfield and wide receivers split out next to you know, behind the tight end and all that kind of stuff. Just have a quarterback room them of Tom, re-sign Jimmy, Purdy, and Trey. You could have a quarterback room that's a 46-year-old and a 22-year-old. Yes. Right? Trey's 21 or 22? Purdy's 22, too. How old is Trey? Uh, Yeah, 21, 22. Well, I was thinking the Niners have two quarterbacks who are hurt this year. Think about this. Tom Brady, at 45 years old, is healthy. The Niners have two quarterbacks. Jimmy is 31, right? And Trey is 22, or Jimmy's 32 and Trey's 21. Something like that. Yeah, Trey's 22. 22. 22, And Jimmy's 31. So 
the two of them combined are what six years older than Tom, and they're <laughs> yeah. the ones that are hurt. He's twenty twenty two years old and thirty one years old. That's what you said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he just so the two so Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo combined are are, are fifty three years old. Do you, Tom you want is to... forty five. Tom's the healthy one, and those two guys are hurt. Why? Because they run. Tom doesn't. I looked it up. Not only is Tom the fastest to release in the NFL, the football, he has scrambled twice this year. You want twice. me to read off from two thousand two running? Tom doesn't run. Tom gets rid of the football. He is almost the age of the two of them combined. Yet he's the healthy one. Guy from two that for twenty years. I just pulled up Tom's football reference. I'm going to remove his ACL season where he obviously started the one game, missed the entire season from 02 to 07, 16 for 16 every fucking year. Obviously didn't miss a game, never missed playoffs from 09 to 15, 16 of 16 every single year. 2016. Remember Rogers suspended him fully healthy. 12 to 12 though. Came right back, starts every game. And pretty sure they won the Super Bowl that year. Then after that season, not suspended anymore. The rest of his New England career, 16 to 16, 16 to 16, 16 to 16, goes to Tampa, 16 to 16. Last year, 17 to 17. This year, 12 to 12. He's never missed a fucking game beside the ACL season and when Rodgers suspended him. He's 45. It. You could argue, I don't think we give that, like, Probably enough credit for how durable. Like he's a Cal Ripken level. You remove the ACL season. I mean, this guy never misses a game. Ever. I mean, Peyton Manning missed a season. Like I I allow you if you have a 20-year career, one season, it's football. But then like there should be several. Like if you look at Roethlisberger's pages, you'd be like, oh, he missed three games here. This year he missed two. Like that's pretty normal for his career, right? This guy just plays. If he's on your team, it, it it would be a statistical outlier for him to miss games. Yeah, even even Rodgers, who really doesn't miss games, has missed. Well, he's had a clavicle. He's had a concussion. I mean, he's been hurt. I don't know. He had two in 10 and 11. He played in 15 games, but they were good that year. So that might have been just a week, the last week of the season sitting. Like one of the years he went 14 and one. He probably just sat at the end of the year. Yeah. Or did they lose? Uh, I, I would imagine he sat. Um, but he played seven games in 17. He played nine games in 13. Again, if you extremely healthy, four straight years of 16 games preceded by an injured season, six years of 16 games preceded by an injured season preceded by basically five full seasons by Rogers. Tom is a durable dude, man. Yeah. Maybe what, I mean, if he wants in, how you crazy, just durable, but also avoid situations in which quarterbacks get hurt. By being immobile, counterintuitive, can't run away from anybody. But guess what? Most quarterbacks can't run away from anybody. The key is to not try. That's the thing that Peyton always knew. What would you say if Tom Brady signed with the 49ers? Their uh, allotment for primetime games would be when the schedule came out. Maxed? The max? (laughs) I mean, they get the max anyway. Right? Yeah. So, God. I'm I'm in. Uh, On the stream, somebody said, Wolford has a neck. Yeah, I mean, the Rams are beat up. Listen to what Michael Lombardi on his Thursday, I think this was Thursday's podcast, Michael Lombardi on his podcast. Listen to what he said about Matthew Stafford. Probably a good chance. I would say better than 70% that Matt Stafford doesn't play next year. How do I know Ooh. that? It's just it's just I, I have a sense of that, right? 
Okay. I think it's I think he's beaten up, his body's tore down, and I think there's more to life than just coming back. And I think hmm. with his wife Kelly having gone through what she went through, I mean, where yep. do we want to go with this? The kid's such a great competitor and he's so tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to put him on IR cuz he probably would have wanted to keep playing, but what more does he have to play for? And you you've mentioned this for a few weeks like don't be sure isn't there shouldn't we be open to the possibility that Matthew Stafford does not come back and then maybe McVay does not come back. Stafford turns 35 in February, John. So he's closer in age to Tom than he is to the young quarterbacks in the NFL. And he's really kind of even older because he can't he was really young when he came into the league so he's played this is his 14th NFL season. Um he's got elbow tendonitis in camp. Then he gets the concussion. The elbow never feels like it's totally right, right? Then he gets concussed. And then the second concussion that's in the protocol is actually a spinal cord bruise, which, you know, a doctor would have to explain to me. I think it's somewhat, I think it's connected to the concussion. But a spinal cord bruise sounds a little scarier than just your straight up grade one kind of brain rattle. I'd agree, yeah. So, you know, he's got a lot of money coming to him, but 70% chance, says Lombardi. He calls him Matt Stafford a little disrespectful, but Matthew Matthew's not back next year. According to Michael Lombardi. I mean, I, I remember thinking that again, I don't have any inside information. So I just no, checked his, it. Well, cause I just checked his net worth and it was $300 million. Tom, for example, now Tom Brady's taking discounts, but he's played since 2002 has made $302 million. So for NFL standards, Matt Stafford, will eventually be passed by the Allens, right? The Mahomes one day, but he is going to be one of the richest, if not the richest NFL player, not named Tom Brady for a while, I would say moving forward. And wait, but he'll end up, if he, if he were to play the next three years, he would end up richer than Tom. Probably. Yes. Well, cause Tom would come to the Niners for seven and a half million dollars. And he's got $90.5 million in cash coming to him the next three years. Stafford. His injuries are pretty legit, though, right? I mean, because yeah. he's another guy that, unlike Tom, you pull up his Detroit Lions, you know, box scores. Like, he he missed games over the years, beat up. He was tough, but he was getting fucking peppered. And, hell, he was peppered last year, remember? And then to come in with this, I, I, I like, I kind of expect to have elbow surgery in the offseason. And who knows what that entails? I mean, I, I don't know, man. I I... I if I was him, got my ass kicked, I won the Super Bowl. Now that would end the Matt Stafford could still make the, the Hall of Fame talk. It's like, well, he's still got five, six years left playing. Like, that would be over. He's not a Hall of Famer. But you know, be able to play with his kids. Sneaky, 12 years in Detroit, played the full season nine of those years. Played eight. And his rookie year, he played 10. His second year, he played three. So that means that in his last 10 years in Detroit, he played a full season in nine of those years. Think about that. So he was always hurt, but he, he didn't miss actually that many games. Little, little Mamba mentality there. Cause remember like it always felt like something with him in Detroit, just getting killed his shoulder. It was always like a shoulder too. It was always like crazy. You know, I remember on a couple Thanksgiving games, like I no way Matt Stafford's going to be able to play. He's like, I'm not missing this for the people. This is my super. Matt, you guys are four and 10. Yeah. So I, I, I respect them. Uh, clearly this year was a disaster for him. And I, I think that would that would be a disaster if they, I mean, part of the reason they signed that huge deal is they were thinking they were getting Matt Stafford at a pretty high level for three or four. That would that, that would potentially end the ramps of being a contending team. His right? cap number next year is 45. 
surprise. No, no. Dead cap. Sorry. Dead cap is 49 and a half in 2023. Rams got some issues. Well, at least their draft pick right now is three. So the Lions can get Will Anderson. The Lions can get Will Anderson. Um, that's 70% chance to not play. I don't know. Like I, somebody texted me like, well, what about Garoppolo? I, I don't. A, Garoppolo's not going to be cheap if he's healthy and a free agent. And two, I actually don't think Jimmy's a... I mean, they just got Baker, so whatever. But I don't think Jimmy would be Sean's first choice because Sean does want to chuck the ball down the field a little bit, although Baker doesn't do that. And Jimmy doesn't really do that. But yeah. it feels like even though the Niners have dominated the Rams, it doesn't feel like Sean has come out of that. G- know, Jimmy might be their price point. I mean, Jimmy might cost like $5, 6000000 million. Given his injuries and said yeah, a lot. You're right. I mean, it might be the best option they have. Yeah, their options are gonna be pretty limited because usually they're not a lot of quarterbacks just floating around out there. Yeah. God, that is crazy. Uh Shaheen on the stream says, I'm the ham unofficial reporter checking in from SoFi. Baker is currently throwing go routes to one Rams receiver who looks like Cooper Cup, but I assume is two to Atwell. Yeah, I, I think he starts tonight. That is a cross-racial comp. Good job there, Shaheen. I don't think it's Cooper Cup because he's got a boot on his leg, so it might be Tutu. Who scored his first touchdown either, was it last week or two weeks ago? Oh, so it must be Cooper. Oh, you're saying he's not saying it's Cooper Cup who looks like Tutu. You're saying it's Skoranek. (laughs) That's what you're saying, John, right? Yeah, it's not Cooper. It's got to be Skoranek. I kind of like. (laughs) Uh, I can't tell if it's Cooper Cup or Tutu Atwell. Sorry, I don't see color. That's a, that'd be a good scouting thing. To say. That's not the way it's talked about. Oh, well, in any event, uh, what else we got? A few other things here. Well, yesterday people freaked out. Was it yesterday or two days ago? We were doing talking about Brock Purdy, and everyone thought that Aaron Judge had signed with the Giants. And it turns out not only did Aaron Judge not sign with the Giants, that John Heyman got played, and then Aaron what? Judge got forty million more dollars. And Susan Slusser also freaked out, and they were all wrong. And Aaron Judge is now a Yankee. They're putting the C on his chest, and everyone's happy. Yeah. Because and I saw after we got off, Aaron Boone, they're all in San Diego. Someone wrote, like, they said, did you hurt anything? He's going to the Giants, and Aaron Boone looked like he saw a ghost. I saw Farhan had a quote today. He's like, I, my phone buzzed at 5.15 a.m. I, I had a feeling they don't tell you, they're, they don't give you a yes text at 5.15 a.m. when the agents told him he wasn't coming. That's when they text Farhan that he was going to the Yankees. Yeah. yeah now you and I've been talking about this. Like, oh, did you see the report? Andy Martino, New York uh, football, baseball reporter. The Aaron Judge video was fake, John. It turns out the Judge video was fake. Uh, if you're a ham listener, you knew that the second that video came out of Aaron in a San Francisco hotel, uh, pretending to just be casually uh, seen by a person. But he was meeting with the Giants when yeah. he was in town. Yeah. So a couple he just wanted ago. to make sure the Yankees knew. He wanted that to make sure the Yankees point. knew, which yeah. you and I immediately identified. A couple things here, dead giveaway. Now, I did mention one of them already, Detective Haberman on the internet. Nobody posts a video that gets a million views in six hours and then doesn't do one of two things, sell it to TMZ or claim it for themselves. People are fighting for credit on the internet all the time for everything, right? Everything. I've done it. Here's the other tell. When you're going to do 
This is what movies do really well. You know, when you're like filming somebody and like, all right, one, two, three, go. And then they start walking. If you watch that video, you can tell that Aaron begins to walk from a dead stop, which means it's staged, right? They are like, all right, Aaron. All right, here we go. We're recording three, two, one. Okay, go. He's, but he supposedly had just come through the doors. So why would he be walking from a dead stop if he had just walked through the doors? If you're really getting caught coming through a doorway, you weren't stopped. You're walking. You're trying to get away from the paparazzi. You didn't start from a dead. So that was another one of the giveaways um, that it was staged. So again, something the rest of the world figured out the last couple of days, but all of you knew two weeks ago because we were on that story. Listen, only the, you know Farhan and I guess Farhan and Larry truly know how close or like their confidence level. Uh, if they knew they were getting played the whole time, or they thought they had a legit chance, it, it did feel like they were giving the impression. N- not when everyone thought that he actually signed, but I would say the the couple months leading up. And in fairness to them, when I went to that golf tournament and I, I was playing with my guy Orlando. And he played in the Seattle Mariners uh, system. He ended up tearing his, his arm. He was played at UC Davis. But he's Matt Chapman was playing ahead of us. Taiwan Walker, who just got signed, was playing ahead of us. Conforto, Chapman were right behind us. So all these baseball guys. And they all this know is the, each This other. is the Hunter Bishop friend of the show, Bish Music. Uh, uh, yeah, and I'm a little bit of fish out of water. I don't really know any of these guys. I'm like having to look at like name tag. Like that's Conforto. I'm like t- typing in it. All these guys, baseball guys know each other because they all fucking go to the minors, right? And you just get to know who's good and who matters. You play each other in college. And he, I remember being on like hole eight or nine and him going, I'm telling you, all these, like they all think he's going to the Giants. Uh, Logan Webb, I, these guys all thought like that was kind of the feel and maybe that his agent just did such a good job of just putting that out there where internally, because it felt like he was never going to the Giants. If you just, if you and I put yourself in his shoes, you're like, you do not, if they're going to match, you don't leave fucking being the Yankees captain. And ultimately that's exactly what happened yet. Yeah, but if you get told enough times, like she actually might leave him and she'll marry you. You're like, maybe she will. Like, if enough people start telling you that, I do understand where you can put yourself in the opportunity to get played, even though looking back, like, God, we just got played. But how you can convince yourself, because there's different, you and I talked yesterday, like, you know, you just got to be prepared just in case it doesn't go well. I do think it was more than that. Like, I do think in their mind, they thought they, like, had a legitimate chance. Like, with Bryce Harper, when Bryce Harper became a free agent, it was like, I'm a free agent. Like, I'm just doing a rounds, right? Everyone probably thought, if you had the money, thought you could, you know, swim in those waters. With Aaron, it's like, it's going to leave the Yankees, the Yankees, when they're good and he's our best player after a historic year. And one, the Yankees can't afford, like, they can't let him leave. And it's all played out that way. But it feels like the Giants internally thought, like, I actually think we can get this guy. Well, I think they probably did. I mean, I think you have to approach it like you really, you know, you have to give it your honest effort, whatever. I... I ultimately don't think they got played necessarily in the sense that Farhan's been around the block. Like they know how free agency works. They've dealt with all the biggest agents in the world, right? They've dealt with Boris and all this. Like there's a reason all everyone always talks about like, Oh, a team might get this player because they already signed a Boris client, you know, blah, 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 because that's kind of how the game is played. And, um, you know, so I think they, I, I think they had to know that there was a chance that, the only thing they were there for was if the Yankees deal went bad, because it's not like the Yankee situation, even though Aaron did turn down their offer and bet on himself and then make a bunch more money. 
Um, it's not like the Yankees were treating him poorly. If he wanted to be offended by their offer, he could have been offended by their offer for sure. But it's not like, you know, they offered him that contract last year when he was a free agent. Once he became a free agent this offseason, there was never any indication that the Yankees were like lowballing him or offering him some sort of disrespectful number, right? The Yankees gave him an offer, and then it was on him to go shop around and make the Yankees pay him more. And I think I think the Giants had to know that because at the end of the day, what happened? The Giants offered what, like 360? The Yankees had the Yankees had offered 320. The Giants offered 360. What does he want? He wants another year out of the Yankees, and he wants 360 from the Yankees, right? He signed for nine and 360. Yeah. But what ultimately happened? He had to go to San Diego to get offered the 400 mil. Now, when did, since when was San Diego in the mix here? To me, San Diego only got in the mix because Farhan and the Giants didn't go to 400 mil for him. They're like, all right, we'll play the game, but we're not going to offer you a contract that we're actually not going to have you sign. And then it feels like the Padres were like, ah, fuck it, we'll play. And then offered him 400 mil, and then fucking two seconds later, ah, damn it, sorry, Grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Damn! Then two seconds, like Kyan and Avery, man, I apologize, don't do that. Then two seconds later, he signs with the Yankees. So the part of it is... And the Padres are like, ah, shit, Bogarts, here's... Yeah, 280? That works. How many shortstops can one team have? <laughs> so I do think now part of what makes it really hurt for the Giants is that the Giants always finish. It feels like they finish second left and right. Um, but I do think this one in particular, I think they had to know that their main role was just to be there in case, uh, you know, it's like a, something about Mary. You know, the guy who's um, he's he's got the crutches and he's got the accent and he pretends to be Mary's friend. Yeah, but then it turns out he's not handicapped and has no accent, and he's just there in case like Mary will finally notice him and fall in love because she can't find a good man. I feel like that was kind of the Giants. They're just kind of hanging around, hoping that the Yankees screw it up. And I think they've Farhan been around the block enough to know. Now I'm with you. Like I think you also had to. You kind of you start just believing. Like anybody, when you buy a lotto ticket, you're like, well, maybe I could win. Then I'll quit my job. Bye, suckers. Um, I think they had to know. the The analogy I tweeted was. It's like when you you hit a routine ground ball to short, you, you hustle it out just in case the shortstop throws it away. In this case, the Yankees are the shortstop and the Giants are the guy hustling to first just in case the ball gets thrown away. So, but they still like now the question is like, okay, fine, you didn't get Aaron Judge. There's no shame in not getting Aaron Judge away from the Yankees. Cause like you said, John, who who becomes a Yankees legend and then it's like, I'm out. Nobody. Do they get Carlos Correa? Like, what do they do next? Can they get Carlos Correa? The Padres just got Xander. The Padres are loaded. Trey Turner's on the Phillies, by the way, which is pretty sweet for the Phillies. Phillies have multiple $300 million guys. The Padres have multiple, like, $250 million plus guys. Stupid how much. I mean, I was thinking about, like, next year, Matt Chapman's a free agent. I was like, oh, the Giants probably be all over him. Then I started thinking, like, I bet he's a Southern California. I bet he goes to the, I bet the Dodgers pay him $350 million. Doesn't he feel like a Dodger? I'm sorry, who are you talking about, Carlos? Matt Chapman. Next oh, year. Chapman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, how much yeah, is to he To me, getting? he feels like a brave, too. You, I could see him as a brave. How, but he's getting a lot of money, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Xander Bogarts gets 280, wouldn't I'm pretty sure Chapman is a better player. I don't watch a lot of Red Sox games, but... Xander's I, pretty I, I think Xander Bogarts is a pretty good player. Did Chapman... What did he do I, this year? A little down year, I think. Yeah. It wasn't as good. No, it wasn't great. But didn't Marcus Simeon get $250 million? Yeah, it's still a good year. OPS Plus was actually higher than it was the year before in Oakland. 
Uh, There's a lot of money getting given out in this last couple years. There is a lot of money getting given out. You know, a lot of people complained. Baseball, every uh, the players all thought they were getting screwed. It, it, shit, if you're just like a fringe all-star, you're getting 120 starting, right? If you, if you had a couple all-star seasons and had a couple years where and you're getting it at age like 31. It's crazy. It's crazy. Although Chapman's younger. Oh, well, I mean, Chapman's going to be 30 next April. But but even Trey Turner, he gets he's 29, but he gets an 11-year deal, so you pay him till he's 40 years old? Can you imagine like Belichick and there's 31 or whatever NFL GM seeing some of these? Wait, so you give him 11 years and you guarantee every penny? This, this is the dumbest. Like Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones, like this is how you guys do business? Uh, a couple updates from Shaheen. Again, if you're watching this after the fact, uh, listening after the fact, but these are good updates. He says, from SoFi, Baker skipping balls to Ben Skoranek, Tutu Atwell, Bryce Lynch, and Austin Trammell. Appreciate the updates from SoFi. Uh, it seems as though update. It seems as though Ramsey is interested in talking to Carr and Adams more than any of his teammates. Hashtag best friends. I can see it feels like Jalen's mailed this thing in. I don't totally the blame clip, him. Don't the totally clip that him. went viral, if people haven't seen it from the Seahawks Rams game, I don't know if it actually went viral. It's just a clip from the game. DK goes in motion and he points at, at Jalen Ramsey and waves at him. Come with me. Jalen doesn't. And whoever covers him gets beat for, I think it was a first down catch, but. Oh, John, big news. Giants are in the quote-unquote driver's seat for Carlos Correa. Who tweeted that? Uh, I don't know. Somebody screenshotted a bleacher update from the Chronicle, so it might have been Susan. I can't really tell. I get some of these bleacher updates. I, yeah. It's like I don't need a bleacher update to tell me that the internet is dragging John Heyman. That's, I, don't <laughs> alert me. Can I just get the actual news? And I don't, I know. I don't need that silliness. It was an it was a, it was a rough day for his Twitter account, but <laughs> it was a rough day. And for John, I mean, um, I, John Gruden's latest email not that bad. What 2015, He just wrote in an email the the Raiders suck. <laughs> remember that was the year that because he called Carson a pussy that they call they signed Carson off the couch because remember he quit on the Bengals. Yeah. So never playing for you again. Yeah, Hugh Jackson made him. Why does why did the the football team have it so out for John Gruden? Is it because of him and Jay Gruden butted heads? So he just went after John. I, he might was he just totally in it? Like the for people that didn't follow that story, and I barely have the Commanders were getting investigated by the league for their bad workplace uh, uh, culture, and so their attempt that what they wanted was to make it look like it was all Bruce Allen's fault that they had a bad culture. And so they started releasing Bruce Allen's emails and Bruce and John email a lot. And that's where Gruden stuff all got caught up. Right. The, yeah. the, the football team but that, that's what, that, that happened last year though. Yeah. Right? yeah. But, but now we're just finding out exactly who leaked the emails. It appears that it was the, the Dan Snyder's team. Yeah. Bruce Allen. I saw today was subpoenaed or testified or whatever in this investigation through the government that Dan Snyder and his people last year, like, cause remember we couldn't, we thought Goodell did it. We thought maybe the lawyers did it. It was right, because, no, no one truly knew. Cause Gruden had ripped Goodell before. So maybe it was his vendetta. Yeah. And it turns out Bruce Allen, who also got caught up his career ruined. He's done said that it was Dan Snyder, but he has probably a vendetta for Dan Snyder and Dan Snyder's people for Gruden, basically to throw everyone off the scent. Yeah. And it never quite added up to Gruden trying to take out, or sorry, Goodell trying to take out Gruden just for personal vendetta, right? 
I I could never say for certain though that that wouldn't. You never know. No, you know no, these guys, I, circles, huge egos, sure. big rich guys. I mean, it just you're just gonna hate some people in mm-hmm. the business. Mm-hmm. Lot lot of I'd say jealousy is probably the wrong word, but for whatever reason, like you and I talk to coaches and college and pros and. They just don't like other coaches. You're like, you know yeah. him. He's like, never met him, but I heard things. You know, it's like you just hate other people for it's it's just weird. Yeah. This one feels like Dan Snyder leaked it just to throw everyone off the scent. So if I'm Mark Mark Davis, I'm even extra mad. Like you guys can't you just threw us off the scent and you fucking ruined, even though ironically it didn't ruin him. It got him hot with uh with Rich. But uh yeah, just John Gruden has cost has him a gotten, lot of money though. But also also, here's the other assuming thing. he's still paying him. Which here's the other thing you'd be you'd be pissed about if you were Mark Davis. Like, guys, Dan, this is a stupid plan. Never in a million years was this going to work. You, Bruce Allen, was not going to be your fall guy. No, nobody would have was going to buy this. This was the best move you had was make it look like it was all Bruce Allen. No yeah. way. Like, I don't know. One thing Michael Lombardi said today, totally unrelated. He actually thought the the um, the Todd Downing DUI the Titans offensive coordinator who got a DUI after their game in green Bay. Uh, he thought that could have also been the reason why John Robinson got fired, contributed to it because his thing was like, I didn't quite realize this. I don't know if you knew this alcohol is not allowed on NFL team planes. Um, I didn't know that, but remember to Heineke after like one of his first starts and wins was drinking on the plane and Kirk and- cousins did it too. Right. Uh, I don't oh, know if Heineke. cousins in those videos were drinking Heineke was, and the next day Ron Rivera find them and i was like for having a beer i I thought it was stupid but i wonder if it's just rules and maybe the league's cracking down it does make sense right if i'm flying home i'm getting in my car and going home and if it's a five or six hour flight or even a three hour two hour flight you could slam some beers pretty quick right you don't want cocktails plane getting in their cars and getting in trouble which clearly todd downing they're celebrating their win as they should but the point was like well was todd the only guy drinking on that plane of course not did something happen in the course the nfl is investigating that right now has there been did something get revealed in that investigation that would cause? i I, I heard i was listening to that too my my only pushback on that and i get and i watched some of vrabel i was on the treadmill today i was like i forgot to watch vrabel vrabel's like i answered to john like that was the hierarchy but it's like Todd Downing drinking, like I, I the, that falls under Vrabel too. But yeah. you're not going to fire Vrabel. Right? Well, but it wouldn't surprise me if the organization gets if Vrabel gets Femi, uh, Femi, who's Lombardi's co-host, said, "Well, do you think Vrabel's going to get fined?" And Lombardi kind of talked about something else. I, my reaction was, "Yeah, that's a good question," and I think the answer to that is absolutely. If the NFL determines that basically that they always just drink on the plane, if the Titans just drink every road game, um, then I do think Vrabel will get fined. I would imagine I, – I thought it was stupid, and now talking it out, I could see from Roger's standpoint that that's just an easy DUI situation every week. When our guys are flying home, they're getting in their cars, that I, I would probably have a strict policy. Now, obviously, some people are going to circumvent it, but that's – especially the night ones. Like that – the downing one, remember, was Thursday night football, right? So you, what time are you getting home? Yeah, it was like a – four. I think it was a 4 a.m. arrest or something in that range. You think they like I, I again? I thought it was really dumb when Ron Rivera fined him. I'm like, this is so stupid. But now after hearing Lombardi say that, I wonder if the league that's an off season thing that they kind of hammer home like a strict off season rule. Like this is not we're not going to tolerate this. Even I, though who's going to turn 
Who's going to say anything? That's- yeah, you just you just the, the only time you get caught is when you get a photo or a DUI. But I I remember a few years ago, well, many years ago, when I was around the A's every day, someone told me that that they didn't that that's been there. I don't know if a lot of baseball teams do. I would imagine like I do think there's less beer in baseball clubhouses than used to be. Obviously, a lot of beer. Um, uh, but that was an eight at the A's at the time. Someone told me like, yeah, there's you're not allowed to drink on on the last flight home, right? Like, I don't know if there's the, if that rule exists when you're like in the, you know, you're going from Oakland to Tampa and then Tampa to New York to or whatever, New York, yeah. or whatever. But definitely on the flight home, no drinking. And I think it probably can't. My guess, I don't know this, but my guess is that you could probably connect it directly to an incident. That's usually how that stuff happens. There's an incident and then a rule gets made. So. Yeah. Meanwhile, Chris says Marshawn's drinking Henny in the locker room before the game. That's the yeah. key. Pre-game drink. That's the key. Well, what, like when everyone gets drunk after you win the wild card, like especially when it's at home, like what, what do you think those guys are doing? It, well, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. I know. It's – I don't know. It's just – it's like most things, most rules. You're just mitigating liability. Yeah, that's all it's about. No, there's not any like moral superiority here. No. I mean, it's a drinking league. It's a drinking it's, drink, it's a drinking world, John. Yeah, it's a drinking world. It's a drinking Go, world. Have Tito's. Be safe doing it. Yeah, be, be safe, safe doing it. All right. Uh, thanks for hanging, everybody. Anything else? Uh, no. Any other news? Transfer portals open. All she wrote. Dion. Oh, I did have one other one other news story here, John. Magic Johnson has tweeted. Hold on, let me pull this up. Where did this go? You just think about it. you can as I'm looking as I'm pulling this up. You well, can- the Lakers, you know, are hot. They've won a bunch of games. Anthony Davis is having a incredible run. Mm-hmm. Warriors blew a game as he's trying to kick, you know, the champs down. It feels like a little bit of a too small of a story. Uh, Warriors did blow that game though. What else is going on in the world that you think Magic just tweeted about today? Aaron Judge, sports yeah. related? Could be sports related. Could Aaron Judge? Yeah, could be Aaron Judge. I don't know. Congratulations to Coach Deion Sanders on becoming the head coach at the University of Colorado. He tweeted on Thursday. Prime time. You think? Do you think Magic just found out today, and that's why probably. he tweeted that? Probably. Someone was like, fair, I mean, those two guys have known each other. I would imagine forty years. I think it's a great years. tweet. I just think it's funny. Did he just find out today that the big, like, I would argue the biggest story in sports in the last week. We could make a, a tier one, but Dion to Colorado has been a tier one sports story in the last week. I mean, he could have been off like the, uh, you know, could have been Greece. Yeah, Italy. I mean, he could yeah. be out of cell service, you know. I, you know, what I appreciate about this is he doesn't apologize for being late. No reason for an apology. No, I'm just getting to the story. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I just saw it. No, when I tweet it is when it's newsworthy. And uh, Irvin Magic Johnson today congratulated Dion on becoming the head coach at Colorado. The Lakers. There was a story. I don't know if you caught this one. Little internet story. Larry Fitzgerald Sr., the Minnesota sports writer, tweeted two days ago, Mike Zimmer is about to be Dion's DC. So I was like, well, that's a legitimate source. But then it turned out he's not the DC. That would have been a hell of a hire. Yeah. But uh, he might maybe, then somebody reported today, he might join the team as a consultant, which is basically what he was in Jackson State. Jackson, Jackson State. Yeah. Well, Dion and Mike are tied because he was his DB coach with the Cowboys. I think Dion Lo- college coach would. God, that would be entertaining. Unfortunately, it's not. Oh my God! Like, you imagine how mad he'll be when some nineteen-year-old kid blows a coverage? 
Oh my God! Screws up one of his blitzes. God, <laughs> that was that was gonna be good. I, I I love a good like recruiting picture. There's a lot of them going on right now with like the head coach, probably like the position coach, and maybe the coordinator. And sometimes like everyone's house is different. Sometimes like super nice house all around with the parents. Sometimes like they're in their dress clothes, but they're on carpet, shoes off. They all got their shoes. You know, it's just I just love the dynamics of all these pictures. There's always at minimum three people in the school, Washington, Alabama, whatever, polos. Always the kid, potentially grandma, mom, brothers. I mean, you just never know what you're going to get. And I love just like in living rooms, you know, it's just it's just great. Sometimes you have to realize like it's part of the job, but it's like, God, I don't have the energy today to talk to random people. And then you got to playing games with cousins. You know, this was my favorite. Spencer Fano, who's a major recruit, just picked Utah over a bunch of big schools. Here is a photo of him. He's playing. Um, I honestly don't know what this game is for people watching. Maybe somebody knows what this game is. They've got like some cards turned over on the table and you've got at least you've got four Utah coaches in this photo. You've got well, that's Whit's brother, right? Fred Whittingham, his brother. You've got Jim Harding here, who's the offensive line coach. And you have Morgan Scally, who's the defensive coordinator. You can tell how major recruit is when you what, posi- what position does this kid play? He's an offense. He's like a big time offensive lineman. Utah kid, like Salt Lake yeah, City. Utah kid. His brother is at BYU, and I think is going in the portal and is going to transfer. So they're they're, go- they're all their chips are in the middle of the table on this kid for them. <laughs> yes, even though they're they're not playing. They got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven people in this photo. Then you get the family photo. I mean, it's huge, right? God, this guy's Actually, there's another there's another coach there. So there's the one, two, three, four, five co- five coaches show up to the house. Now here's the whole fa- you need more family. Now, those are the ones I love right there. See, are they? Yeah, shoes off, some socks, some bare feet. Whose baby is that? I'm not you sure. Got, you got a baby. You got, you know, who are these? Like, is that that is that his mom? Don't know. Dad, maybe brother. The, it, I was gonna give them a lot of credit for rolling super deep, and obviously, local little easier, right? Everyone could just like all these guys get to go home to their houses, you know, yeah. if, it, if it is in town. This would be impressive if like. And who knows? They might not land him right if he was in Florida or California. Everyone would be. I bet everyone did recruit him and probably pulled off. I, I like when like not that Utah's really an underdog, but to them, that's a guy that I'm sure that SEC school like Bama or Georgia, like if he's that level of guy, and you just do everything to like fence them off. Like this is our fucking home city, our home guy. Yeah. Got so many, so many back deals too. Like your brother can come here too. I like I love all those elements. I love when there's a brother also involved at another school and he's coming. It's like a package deal. <laughs> I also think about like uh, blue chips. You know, he he really struggled and then eventually started cheating. But now, like, it's got to be a little awkward for some of these guys. Like Whittingham's been involved in college football for so long. Sometimes you might just go to a guy. So like, how much, man? You're like, and at first it could just rattle you. Like, you, you still can't just be like numb to it. You'd be like, what? What'd you just say? He's like, no, how much? Like, what's the NIL deal? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the collective. Yeah, you talk to the guy. You know, I think we're shooting for. How often at these tables is it coming out like 275, right? Three-year deal, uh, 700 a year? That's when coach is like, "Uh, where's the restroom? And he gets up and leaves. 
how much lying is going on too? Like coach, like, yeah, get you 500 K man. Sign on oh. the fucking dotted line. <laughs> well, I heard about a guy who was a major transfer this last year. And within like a month at a major program, he was not getting exactly what was promised. Cause you can't just tri- like, it's week three. Oh, what's he going to do? He was already there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't, I'm, you can't, are you going to hold out? I guess well, you, you could hold out. Well, you like call the feds. Like they promised me money. Take them to small claims court. <laughs> like what, what, what are you doing? Well, honestly, you know, like, what, what if we, you sign a $200,000 deal and the direct deposits stop coming? We got it. There's going to be a hold. Somebody's going to hold out. People are like, okay. We're going to so get a college holdout. But that's the problem with football. That Like, let's say the guy transfers, but he wants his money before he leaves. People just say, no, sorry. Good luck, buddy. I, th- there has to be. There is going to be like a Bruce Feldman book in like five years on just some of these stories that have just got to be fucking bananas. Because at least like at winter meetings or the combine, like everyone knows, like shopping, like you're just talking about, well, we only have 30 million to spend. This is what we can do. Right, right. This has got to be how often over the last week with all these coaches out and about, have they just called back to their head coach or recruiting coordinator? Like, I I just heard the craziest thing I've ever heard in my 25 years of coaching. I, I honestly didn't know what to say. I lied. I just said, yeah, I think we can make that work. I walked out and I was just like shaking my head. What about he when want, the, the, the the parent said, "Will you give half of your salary to my 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 husband?" And I was like, uh, "I really wanted the defensive end, so I just said yes. I, I didn't think it's actually possible." Uh, what about when some booster promises and the booster loses his money? Right, the booster makes a promise, but then his business goes under or yeah. whatever. He decides I can't make that financial commitment anymore. Always a sucker for a college coach going to visit the the football player at the basketball game. That's mm-hmm. always a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, transcripts, yeah, academics come first. You know, there's a lot of that. Like, we'll, we'll take care of your son. We will make sure he goes to class. And the kids saying, "Like, I ain't fucking going to class." <laughs> Don't worry, we know. A lot of fluff at these uh, sit arounds. You know, I mean, he's Whittingham thinking in the back of his head, like, "How long do I got to keep playing this card game?" I don't know. I think Kyle, you know, Kyle has always done recruiting. It's just now he's with four stars. Ten years ago, he was only recruiting three stars. It's two years in a row. Utah has had the defensive freshman of the year in the Pac-12 now. Defensive freshman of the year, which means like a guy came in and just immediately was one of the best players in the league. So last year they had the defensive freshman of the year and the defensive player of the year because they had Lloyd, right? The middle linebacker. Yeah. Shocking. They're good. Who was their defensive freshman of the year this year? What position? Lander Barton, linebacker, whose older brother is the guy that hit Trey Lance and knocked him out, the Seahawks. He's got two brothers, Cody Barton in Seattle, and then Jackson Barton, who's an offensive lineman wherever he is. Good player. Damn. Pretty good lineage in that family. Cody Barton, the Jackson Barton on the Raider? What team is he on? Who was the defensive rookie of the or freshman on the of the Raiders. year last year? Was it the safety, like number 11? Was that No, that's no Junior Tafuno, defensive lineman. Defuna, the kid that's transferring from Oregon is Flo transferring from Oregon. He's in the portal. Yeah, does that? I don't know why I think Utah connections. Is that or is he going I don't, somewhere? Yeah, I think he's from Southern California. Oh, like um, Bosco? Do, maybe. Do, do people think he's going to USC? Uh, you know, I haven't even heard, but probably. I mean, is he even that good? Because I mean, everyone blew him. He's been hurt a lot. Five stars, and, like Ray yeah. Lewis. Is like it oh, hasn't. Really? It hasn't been exactly what people think, but. Like SC's had already their, they've. I think they're ready to flip their defense. Like you sent me the picture this morning. Lincoln, I've uh, been on the show, visiting with the number one transfer portal defensive lineman from A and M. 
I think once you deal with that level guy <laughs> who just probably coming off 850, like money is getting discussed pretty quickly. It's got to be just really weird. I just think the whole thing, even, and I'm pro money, pro capitalism, but it just, just got to be a little, and I wonder if some kids aren't even comfortable. Like, what do I say? Like dad, like would you say this for me? Maybe yeah. the parents do it. Maybe the, I, I guess you're allowed to have marketing agents and stuff now, huh? Yeah. You might actually not have to say anything. Maybe. Cause I bet the I would be stunned if like the Rosenhaus, the Condens, those people don't just employ marketing agents to handle that and then you funnel it up once the- I mean Aaron Judge had to close his deal with Hal Steinbrenner himself, John. In Italy. I was like, what's it gonna take to get this done? And Aaron's like, what are you talking about? Our, my agents told you six months ago what it would take to get this done. Well, but TJ, fine, Watt, but because Hal just wanted Aaron to ask, is that what it was? You think Hal just wanted to hear Aaron, what's it going to take? And then Aaron has to say, well, Hal, another year at 30 mil would get it done. And Hal's like, okay, Aaron, for you, we'll get this deal done. TJ did the same shit with the Rooney's. Yeah, get the owner involved. Absolutely. All right. Good. Later. On that note, later, everybody. Thanks for hanging.